so uh, we're going to talk about the fact that we are salt and light. I'll probably only get to salt today, but um, you know we we're going to share what Jesus meant uh, when he said that. Not just assume we know because we know what salt is, you know, or know the definition of salt. In the Greek and the Hebrew, is still salt. It's salt in every language. <laughs> in Matthew chapter 5, in this discourse or this uh, teaching, we know as the Beatitudes where he talks about the blessings uh, that we receive. And of course, they're different than the Deuteronomy blessings we always talk about. You know, Blessed shall I be in the city, in the field, in the back, coming in, going out, up and down. Um, these are blessings uh, that reflect, that come as a reflection of attitudes. So yes, we are blessed with all of those blessings, but we're blessed first with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Uh, the the spiritual blessing uh, will guarantee the material one. You got me? That ensures the material blessing. And and so the blessings that we receive because we have a kingdom that is invisible and it's a spiritual kingdom. Uh, We must be blessed spiritually first before we can be blessed in the natural material. (laughs) The Bible says I wish above all things you'll prosper, be in health as your soul prospers. Your soul prospers as you meditate and you accept the word. This is a spiritual transaction. And Jesus talks about the attitudes of the heart situations that people find themselves uh, and he talks in verse 10 about being blessed for persecution if you're persecuted for righteousness sake uh, yours is the kingdom of heaven and he says you're blessed when men shall revile you persecute you say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake he said rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you in verse 13 you are the salt of the earth but if salt has lost its savor or its saltiness or its ability to salt wherewith shall we salt things so where are we going to go we don't have salt which you know and I know they sell them salt substitutes but trust me, people try them for a minute and throw them right back in. You know, them them is the fullest. That's the fullest jar you'll find on anybody's spice rack. And you go back to salt. There's no substitute for it. In other words, and he says, <clears throat> "Wherewith shall it be salted? It's good for nothing, but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men." You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men put light light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick. So a light is meant to be made conspicuous, obvious. And put in a place where it can do its put in a place where it can do its job, in other words. And it gives light to all that enter the house. Your light is not discriminating. You don't witness to some people and forget some others. You don't try to bless some people and forget others. You light everybody. Let your light so shine them before men. In other words, don't you try to light yourself. You, this is something you let happen. In other words, don't try to stop it from happening. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're going to take the first uh, verse 13 and talk about that some. Uh, 
when we talk about salt, uh, we all know what salt is. Salt is, is a chemical, sodium chloride. It's found very, very uh, liberally in the earth. Most of the salt we get is taken from uh, um, you know, evaporating salt water. There are also salt mines. We know that salt is hidden here and there in the earth. <coughs> And uh, the salt of the earth, that's a uh, kind of a phrase that people use. And in the common definition, when somebody says you are the salt of the earth, uh, it refers to a person or a group of persons considered to be the noblest and the best part of society. Let me be honest with you, I've never read that before. And I've read this scripture, you know, over and over again, but never really understood. And I've heard people say, oh, these are salt of the earth people, you know. But I never really stopped to think about what that really means. And it means the noblest and the best part of society. So it's a high honor to be termed that way. Salt of the earth people are said to be people of great kindness great reliability or great honesty so these are morally upright people these are people of of notable high character so it's not like you're this quality person and nobody knows it so there must be some actions or activities or behaviors that accompany people who have this title on them and I think that's what Jesus is trying to get over to the believers that there is a responsibility there is a lifestyle there are activities that will uh, separate us and set us apart as salt of the earth people salt has been known to be extremely precious throughout the ages now and when we see it we, we see it you know it's like it used to be I remember when well I'm not going to say that right I caught myself I remember when salt was X number of cents per box it's like 50 cent a box now but I remember it was much cheaper and so it's it's been made uh, a common commodity among us and I think that has a, a, a spiritual meaning as well and when when remember when the old prophets would say I'm the only one left serving you and I'm being beat up and persecuted and Jesus I got a lot of people down there you understand what I'm saying he'll he'll call forth as many of his salted people as he needs to there are some times when people are believers and we're not aware of it you ever had a Christian around in your midst and you just didn't didn't know until later you know or till they mentioned some about church or something like that and and so and it's not that they weren't being godly people it's just that that was not revealed we we are revealed people we're not quote unquote obvious people all the time uh oftentimes people will say things like i i always wondered if you i knew there was something different about you something so we're we're people who are revealed people salt is revealed is as far as spiritual things are concerned in our spiritual standing uh, before the Lord etc etc but just because salt is a common commodity it doesn't mean it's not precious see and it doesn't have a unique place something that's precious really has a unique place in our lives 
Nothing else can do what salt does. It just can't. By the same token nobody can preach the gospel. But believers. See we can't be. There is no substitute for us. There's no other way to Jesus. There's no other church somewhere. There's no other uh, believer somewhere. You you, you ever see how people can, they'll be praying for God to to send them a good church and be around people and get there and get offended about nothing and run someplace else looking for, well it's because they don't realize that there's no substitute for what God has ordained in your life. See you were with the right body of believers, now you're trying to go fit someplace else because you don't like the taste of the salt. Hmm? Salt is salty. You know, I mean, it's going to be salt no matter where it is. And so when we see these things, we start to get a, a different kind of uh, um, slant on understanding what Jesus means with these words. So we're a person or a group considered to be the noblest and the best part of society. That's something we need to put up on our mirrors every morning when we get up. Because sometimes you don't feel noble. Sometimes you don't feel like the best. You don't, but, and, and oftentimes the enemy works triple hard to make us feel like we're not. And, and we believe a lot of his junk. You see some of the reports about how Christians treat people. It's all lies. It's all lies. If it weren't for Christians, most of these charities would fold up. And I'm not talking about just church ones. I'm talking about some of the places that have some of the biggest givers. Many of these people are Christians. They're devout. They're committed. Uh, some of the places where we see where people underwrite things, or, or I would say uh, uh, Yeshua believers, there are a lot of Jewish believers that, that do this as well. You understand what I'm saying? We, we The same God, they just haven't come to a revelation of him uh, in this new covenant. But it, it's, it's just true that there's goodness that comes from God's people. Uh, we don't tolerate things because we don't have a tolerant God. We have a holy God. See when you're holy you separate things out. You know you separate the holy from the profane. You, you separate sin from righteousness. You're in a position to judge because you have that ability. A holy God has the ability to lay down laws that are, are, are good for everybody. They don't discriminate. There's no flaw there. There's no trouble with what he does. He's totally capable of running everything. So why shouldn't he run everything? And why shouldn't his people have at least some of that ability in them, at least enough for us to live holy and to make it to the end? Do you understand what I'm saying? And we have something to give others as well. And so salt, because it's so common, has been used as a vehicle for good, for health and healing among humanity. Salt, because it it is so frequently used, it was decided in this country, really this was in the early 1900s, to add iodine to it because people were uh, dying of thyroid disease, goiter, bless you, was very common uh, as a killer among people. And when it was discovered just that just a minuscule amount of iodine would help people, they decided to put it in something that people commonly used. And kind of so salt 
is a vehicle for health, healing, and in humanity. We are the vehicle for health and healing in humanity. Because we are the salt of the earth. All of these truths about, I don't care if it was true back in the day or if it's something that was discovered as true now about salt. Jesus knew it was true way back then. So his, his understanding of who, who we are is timeless and ageless. And so he knew that there would come a day when we'd be known as a vehicle for health and healing in humanity. Uh, Roman soldiers gave an allowance to their uh, a Ro- a Roman generals paid their soldiers in an allowance in salt. So not only did you get pay, you were given an allowance of it because it was so beneficial and precious. Man, the word uh, Roman word for salt is salarium, and it's uh, the sa- our word salary comes from it. So it's precious, it's money, it's salary, it's it's what we need. And so other word in other words, it has extremely great value. In some cultures, salt was used as money. And it was equal in value to gold. So you could put a, a an amount of salt on a scale and balance it with the same amount of gold and it was considered an even transaction. Very, very important. So we are of great value, man. Many times God proves his word to us through natural situations. So when you see the high value of salt throughout the ages, you'll understand our value here in the earth. So we are treasure. We are payment. Amen. We have been ransomed and we are we are the payment of, of God's ransom. We are the result of it. We are the value. We're the fruit of it. We add value to the earth. If it weren't for the believers. God's not going to discover. Remember if I see one righteous I will not destroy the earth. Amen. And so we keep the earth here for the crazy sinners that want to kill us. You got me? That's always been the, the lot of the holy people. See, they're they're persecuted, they're hunted because those who are in darkness don't see our value. They see us as somebody who is taking away from them. So if they can persecute us, malign us, tear us down, make us doubt who we are, make us change our message, make us water it down, get liberal, get all these, you know, put all this other stuff, add salt is something into the salt. You know what I'm saying? Salt as itself is is pure in what it does. It's able to do the job that it does. Just on its own. It doesn't need any help with anything. It doesn't need any anything like that. So we said salt was uh, used as a, an article of trade. There have been wars fought over salt and salt rights. Salt also has been used to raise revenue for different countries. It's also used in religious ceremonies. We'll talk about the Hebrew use of salt and what it meant. Not a little bit. It's also used in, in occult religious ceremonies as well. That's how much confidence they have in it. <laughs> Even though they don't know the God that that uh, created it. They have confidence in its ability. Uh, the term salting and account. S-A-L-T. Salting and account. 
means that you add value to it and you put a high value on it and it raises its market value. So uh, when you salt, say for instance, if somebody is watching a stock and, and they want to recommend it, they, that's called salting it. And you place a high value on it and it tends to be come in demand. You know things are bought and sold based on what people say about them. It has very little to do with its real intrinsic value, you know, as far as, you know, I mean, they, they can have some good things going for them. But you'll see, uh, sometimes you'll see when, when say for instance, it's something you could, you probably relate to because it's, it, it happens in our, our everyday, uh, life. Uh, Blackberry was an innovator in the smartphone. And so uh, BlackBerry had kind of a corner on it. You know, I would sometimes if I would get uh, 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 emails from people in foreign countries, it's always sent from my BlackBerry. So they had them all over the world. And then uh, Apple started perfecting their iPhone. I think BlackBerry felt like they couldn't couldn't be moved. Well, Apple got a lot of promoting. Not Americans are. They talk about things. They know how to get the buzz out about something. And and they were salting their stock. Salting, seasoning it. Making it taste better to people with their report about it. So when the iPhone came out, whether you thought it was good or bad, you got allowed to get one because it was salted. <laughs> stock shot up. Blackberry shot down. All because of salting. And Blackberry let them get the edge. It's like the tortoise and the hare. You know what I'm saying? The rabbit's uh, miles ahead and he's just taking a rest. And this little thing comes scooting past him. These little short legs. And so they were out salted. Blackberry's stock began to get a, a bad report. It went down. I think at one time they were over a hundred dollars a share, and then they were selling. Uh, they were trading in the teens. Probably haven't gone much, much, much beyond that. They're gaining, but it's easier to stay ahead if you know how to keep yourself salted. You know they should have been salting their own stock with good reports, good words, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to make it more palatable to their shareholders. One of the things that happened bad was a couple of their big executives sold off everything that they had which never looks good that'll unsalt you real quick and so when you salt an account that means that you start to put a high value on it you do it with words just like the persecuted Christians are being devalued with words you're judgmental you don't love people you you know you're you're uh, you know all this kind of stuff why are you picking on us you see and so when when salt starts to get a negative value in the earth it's a lie it's never true because salt is salt it always has high value it will always retain its value its properties never change we never change as the salt of the earth in other words we're always valuable we always have and this is something that we have to understand and keep in our hearts and not let the devil destroy us from the inside out in lying to us about who we are 
if we are, are considered to be the noblest and the best part of a society that's always true because that salt never changes and just as salt never changes our value never changes and so we need to say that we need to believe that we need to confess that every time you see somebody say well you don't judge yes I do because I have the holy one in, in me and he judges sin all the time and judges righteousness so let's get beyond that judgmental argument that things been settled already well you don't know how to love people yes I do I know how to love you I love you that's why I'm telling you the truth love is truth (laughs) if I didn't love you I'd let you go to hell without saying one thing to you but God sent me your way so that I could proclaim his love and his truth to you so all right to sit below one's salt that's another phrase that's used to sit below one's salt means to have a low social standing or low value as far as society is concerned and that comes from the fact that salt was placed in the center of a table and people who were low of low standing were the furthest away from the salt shaker <laughs> the noble said it close to the salt shaker it's true so the further you were away from it and isn't that true you know you can distance yourself from Christians and distance yourself from God's people and the more you distance yourself the less value you have to yourself to other people the closer you are to the salt folks the more valuable you are that's why we always you know in Christianity we always say stay under people who challenge you to be better don't sit under somebody who just lets you be like you are and never challenges you to change never challenges you to grow never challenges you to put your gifts and abilities to work in the spirit of God so that you can develop into everything God wants you to be you know we tend sometimes to shy away from people because we don't want to feel bad you know well forget your feelings think about what's going to happen listen you got people that don't even have no God in them that will challenge you and 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 force you to do things beyond how you feel you know and some of them I mean they're brutal but for your own good you know you know you see these per you ever see the biggest loser and then personal trainers they have the none of them ever smile at you I haven't seen a friendly one they stand there lorded all over you and you know they all ripped and stuff and you you are with this my 600 pound life you know you're about to volunteer for that show if this one don't help you you understand what I'm saying and these people they're not friendly they're not kind (laughs) but they are trying to get you they see your potential and they see it being killed by a bunch of self-pity laziness and excuses that's really what it amounts to and so they are there to pull the greatness out of you they're there to pull that other stuff out of you so you're not running around being less than what you can be that's what it's all about that's what salt does it it pulls out it it enhances you know i don't care how how good something tastes if it doesn't have enough salt on it you know your enjoyment of it is enhanced with salt people always think Christianity is going to take something away from you won't take away anything that it won't abundantly bless you with in return God is not a taker he is a giver 
He asks you to leave that stuff alone so that you can walk on with him. Salt is also synonymous with truth. As in the phrase a grain of salt. Remember that? Take that with a grain of salt or whatever. So that means that that there is some truth there. Man, a grain of salt means there's a grain of truth in it, but there's still truth. You got me? So you can't discount it totally. There's some truth there. Even if it's just a kernel, there's something there. So we are the truth bearers in the earth, which makes us highly valuable. Philosophy has sought the, to answer the question, what is truth? All philosophy is built around that central question. You know, especially modern day philosophy. The Greeks were very, you know, they were kind of a a people that had had some ability, you know, conquered some nations and grown to an empire. Usually when empires grow and they don't have war anymore, then they can pursue intellectual things. They can kind of support uh, and they support artistic things. So that's why you'll see in what they call a culture, uh, a civilized culture, not what they call a bellicose culture, cultures that war all the time. Like that, uh, anybody seen that Viking show? I can't watch them people. Oh, you know, A&E and Biography and all, and, you know, Discovery Channels. Now they got the Vikings on there. They all got, you know, their hair is in mohawks and dreadlocks and all this. And all they do is fight all the time. I mean, that's all you see is a fight. I, say, I can't take these Viking people. But, you know, they came and went. There's very little history of them because they wore it all the time. So if they had ever got a place where they didn't fight all the time, they could settle down and be what they called civilized country. And they could support things like intellectual pursuits, education, arts, and all that kind of stuff came when people had peace. So, so those things. But the Greeks were one of the uh, civilizations that had their season of war and they also had their season of peace. And they settled in and began to uh, pursue intellectual things. Many of their great writers and poets, philosophers, uh, uh, would question. They would have these discourses and discussions about um, different ideas that, that were prominent to discuss at that time. When they were, one of the big questions, and always has been, is what is truth? And when Jesus began to preach, what did he say? I am the truth. <laughs> Here I am. You've been asking this all this time. Let me answer that question. Well, that it. You got me? And so he answers all of this stuff. You know, he comes and he answers all of these things. Of course, the philosophers don't buy it. They want to discuss things to death. But, uh, and so it, and we answer that question. That we carry his truth in us as well. So we are truth in the earth as well. So salt and truth are synonymous in their effect that we have in the earth. We said that salt was very precious. In the Middle Ages it was called white gold. So ounce for ounce it had the same power, buying power as an ounce of gold. And these dark times that we are in 
are dark because the gospel in fact the, the gospel was dormant during that time I'm sorry not the time we're in now but in the middle ages the gospel was dormant and there was great darkness there but salt was of high value so God has a little remnant understanding of what's important you know what what do you need in this earth you need salt here in this earth some of the history of salt in in um let me get over here uh in the bible in numbers 18 I think numbers 18 19 let's see which one came first Numbers, Leviticus comes before Numbers, right? Leviticus two, thirteen. God talked about wanting all of the offering seasoned with salt. Everything had to have salt added. It started out with the meat being salted, and then they would add salt to the bread offering as well. And so, in that in that instance, we see salt being used as a symbol of trust in God the salt was added as a symbol of trust in God all meat was to be sprinkled with it now meat naturally holds salt you know there there are some people that I know that can cook and if it's cooked long enough and if it's cooked slow enough that meat even though you don't add salt to it is very tasty you know it it can be consumed without it and so when you look at the Old Testament requirements you say well you know even the burnt offering the whole burnt offering that was totally consumed by fire that had to have salt added to it too so why does salt keep popping up here it's easy to forget salt because part of that offering was to be eaten by the Levites so that was their meal as well and if somebody was in a hurry and just grabbed a piece of meat and had been roasting up there for a long time and said hmm, this is pretty good without salt you know what I'm saying but that salt had to be added because people were taught to obey God totally and if you added that salt that meant that you didn't leave anything out you knew everything God told you was important and you and eventually they got to what they called a covenant of salt and that's in Leviticus 2.13 let me see if I can find that one for us it says in every oblation of your meat offering salt offering salt you season with salt you shall season with salt neither shall you suffer the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your meat offering with all your offerings you shall offer salt so what God is saying is whenever you give me something you offer something to me you do it with total trust as salt represents trust because it was not to be omitted it was a small item on the menu but if you forgot it that meant that you didn't do things thoroughly that meant that you were trying to omit something or you were trying to change his law and change his ways and so and he never said how much salt was to be put on it it just said don't forget the salt always add the salt to it so the salt in that covenant becomes a symbol of trust let me see what it says in numbers 18 I'm going to slip over here because I don't know if I put my note on there like I wanted to numbers 18 
19. All the heave offerings of the holy things with the children of Israel offered to the Lord I have given you and your sons and your daughters with you a statute forever. It is a covenant of salt. So in the first instance he says it's to be seasoned with salt. And and the salt is the essential thing. Then he says I have a covenant of salt with you. In other words there this salt issue will be carried out through both the old and the new covenants and this covenant of salt ends up with us being called the salt of the earth so we're the last issue of salt in this covenant it's an everlasting covenant and it's one of trust so whenever God tells you you are the salt of the earth that means that he has entrusted you with the gospel you are his trust you are his his vault in other words you are his precious thing he's imparted to you and invested in you everything that is precious to him so as you trust him with your life he is entrusted to you all the precious things that this earth needs we are the carriers of the the gospel we're the carriers of the power of God we're the carriers of everything that God feels is necessary for life here down here on earth so in this covenant of salt that 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 God started back then he says sprinkle and season all the offerings with this I don't want you to ever leave it out it's an everlasting uh, covenant with me and so there are we are the salt now we are what God we are symbolic is what was put on that 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 offering back in the day and so as we come forth and and do what God has commanded us to do we see the value of salt come forth more and more and more we are it's known that there is a certain amount of salt in meat in the muscle of meat it it has a certain amount of saltiness vegetarians are the ones that have to add salt to everything because vegetables have no salt in them which when you think about that's kind of interesting if you just let your mind go okay what do vegetarians why are they off eating these vegetables because they think there's something pure in that that has they use it to elevate themselves above people who are meat eaters see they look down on carnivores oh you know that animal had to give its life for you and blah this and blah that well do you wear shoes huh you know when you get if you come down with diabetes you need insulin you're going to take it and that came from a pig he had to, they had to sacrifice his life to get the insulin for you so let's not get stupid here and try to elevate ourselves because you in the bible speaks against that come on now we don't go back and argue about what goes in your body come on now bless it all and throw it down and keep moving because that's that your your life is about more than what you eat what you drink and what you wear so let's not go back there again and so and you know people go there with that kind they got religion and they're always accusing somebody else of being religious and they come up with all these goofed up things that don't even you know (laughs) ain't worth talking about anymore but anyway um meat naturally holds salt and can be eaten without it so we did say that but vegetables do need it vegetarians have to really increase their salt intake if they're going to stay healthy over 
um, a meat eater. Because it's true. The word salad actually comes from salt. S-A-L. The root word for salad. And it comes from salt because of the custom of sprinkling leafy vegetables with salt. You couldn't eat them without it. They were, they were, they're not palatable without it. And same thing, you know, when you do your dressing. Some people say, I don't need salt and pepper. Just give me dressing. Well, that vinegar is full of it. So I don't know where you think you're going, but you know what I'm saying. You always come back to the same thing. The world needs us. <laughs> and we're not going to go away. But you know, vegetarians think their abstinence from meat makes them holy. Like they're closer to God or something. And nothing could be farther from the truth. You still need the salt, folks. You got to have our salt. We got it. You don't. So you got to have our salt. So we have something very, very valued. We are the highest and the best. You got me? Of humanity. And don't let anybody talk you out of it. When we say salt of the earth, people know what they mean. So anyway, uh, let me see. <laughs> During the dark ages, we said believers were few and far between because of the, the, the gospel was not preached. Almost not at all. And so salt then became the same weight as gold, the same value as gold. And so when you reflect on that, you'll see how God keeps reminding us of our value. See, even when it, it's dark and there's not many Christians around, nobody's preaching the gospel, we still hold value. Our value is not based on what we do, but who, what he says we are. You got me? Alright. So, salt also is known as a preservative. We know that. It actually slows down the decay of meat and other foods. So people began to notice that when meat was salted, it lasted longer. God gave the Levite instruction. When something was to be totally consumed, he would tell them not to keep it until the next morning. That kind of stuff. It was really hard to keep even cooked meat fresh or keep it from decaying without the addition of salt. Oftentimes, uh, animals that are easy to to salt thoroughly like fish is a common thing that's salted and preserved and it can can be reconstituted too you know you can put it back in water the only thing that's been extracted is the water's been absorbed by all of the salt and so when meat is preserved actually what happens is because the water is a vehicle to carry uh nutrients enzymes water is necessary for life what causes decay is bacteria bacterial activity on the meat uh, the meat products like protein starts to break down the fat will break down all the tissues will break down because of bacterial activity well when you take the water away from them what happens to the bacteria they can't multiply and they die and so your food is just as fresh because that water has been removed and when when water is available everything uses it and everything continues to live and so what happens is because the animal is dead the bacterial action will increase but if you take the power of bacteria away from from being able to multiply it'll just be preserved it'll look just like it did you know the day it was was uh, slain and 
so it, the other thing about salt is it helps remove the blood from a slain animal as well. And so many times people when they uh, the old steak chefs you know when you would cook a steak many times they'll tell you oh don't put salt on it uh, it took away the juiciness and the blood from it so people like their steaks bloody and, and all that kind of stuff they just didn't put any on there and so when you when you think about the preserving aspect of salt you think about how uh, salt is able to preserve human flesh from decaying how the the gospel and the people of God we are the salt of the earth we keep the sinner from decaying and and going down to perdition and going to destruction and there keeps them their soul and their body from seeing corruption because we can speak life to them an eternal life a different kind of life we're not talking about a natural life here we're talking about a spiritual life and so we preserve their lives and we retard the moral and spiritual decay of the world the world would go to hell tomorrow if it weren't for Christians intervening. If it weren't for our prayers. If it weren't for our uh, preaching of the gospel. If it weren't for our words. If it weren't for our mercy. To stand in the gap for these people. You know. It's, don't ever let the world intimidate you into thinking that you're bad and they're good. Just because they're liberal it doesn't mean they're good. You know you look at the seed of some of these people. They're children. They can't stay off drugs they can't stay out of fornication they're doing things that kill themselves and deteriorate every single day and yet they say the Christian is the bad person and so there's the fruit doesn't bear them out you know it's we have a different fruit so salt also retards spoilage it'll keep a person living did you know that if you if you preach give the gospel to somebody that word that they receive will keep them preserved until God can act on that word can he till he can cause that word to manifest oftentimes it'll be somebody else that'll tell them a little bit more about the Lord and a little bit that preserves their God is obligated to cause whatever word it will not return to him void so whatever you give to them it will be seed that will preserve their life until they're able to get the whole job done so just let that let that word work let the gospel flow let the truth of God's word come out from you you know when you know people don't get involved in their stupid conversation just wait for God oh he will open a door for your utterance you know it's just true he just needs you to be there and be willing and not be over in the flesh with them and so if we'll take our stand and, and stand our ground we'll be able to see uh, see the results that God wants us to see in Colossians 4 5 and 6 the apostle Paul tells us to let our words always be seasoned with salt full of grace seasoned with salt grace and salt are the same things folks Colossians 4 5 I meant to get another translation. I did everything but that. Anybody, do you have an amplified translation maybe? Or NIV, some message, something a little bit. Yeah, yeah just read that real quick and see if there's a little bit of a different slant. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. 4. 
I was trying to get a little different slant on what how they interpret the word salt. But we, we know that when you give the word to somebody that preserves them from destruction. So you've got to have some words of life in there. In other words, if you're gracious to somebody, there, there's got to be some words of life there. Because if why else would God have you? be in their presence in their company if there is not something that you can leave with them that is of eternal life see you've got to know what your ministry is you've got to know how to let the holy spirit form your words and not you try to sound nice to people or sound whatever you're trying to sound uh just be yourself god will have them remember what he they need to remember you ever witness to somebody and because you didn't maybe get the result you thought you were going to get or something like that you go away thinking you did something wrong that's wrong see that's wrong don't ever think like that don't ever think that way because God will cause those people to remember what he wants them to remember about your conversation nobody's an expert it's not the way you say things to people folks you understand what I'm saying? It's what's coming from your heart. What does your heart want to do? What do you have in your heart you want to say to somebody? If you have in, a heart, in your heart to share Christ and to bring life and to do good, that's going to be reflected somewhere in that conversation. I don't care how, how, fumbled, how you fumbled your word, you bumbled your word. They, if they didn't like you, rolled your eyes at them or whatever. You know, it's, just, it's just that way. It's just that way. Some people I speak to them and I tell them, you know, what God tells me to tell them. They never say a word. They're like dumbfounded. I'm not going to feel bad. Am I going to go home and feel bad? I don't think so. My days of feeling bad about sharing Christ are way over. You got me? You know, all you just, God, I did the best I could. I don't know what that reaction was about, but I'm going to leave it to you and let you handle the rest of it. You know, I did the very best I could. Whatever. You know, I wasn't trying to hurt them. I was trying to be their friend or share something with them or whatever. You know, you you ought to know your own heart. So it's what's in your heart to do. Now, if you're there to make people feel bad and lord it all over them and make them think that we don't think like that, folks. If you're a Christian, you you're beyond that. You you know better. And so we, if if nothing, if if we don't usually try to to uh, uh, you know over overtake people like that. If anything, we we try to. Milk, water it down and smooth it over so that we don't convict anybody and that's wrong too and so we we need to understand what's in our what's in your heart do you keep it in your heart you want to help people and share Christ do you keep that in your heart and if so you know don't look at souls as notches on a belt or something you know or you're trying to get like you're a bounty hunter or something like that you're just sharing life with people you know that's that's what we should be about so we're a preservative and we interrupt the natural decaying process people get a little more life they'll get a longer life they'll get healing and health uh, their days are prolonged because of salt and that's us our main sort of source of salt is seawater we said that there's some salt mines uh, in the earth and I always think about those of us who are mixed in with society 
as the sea salt you know we're just in a sea of humanity we're floating around little grains of salt in the sea and then there are some mines salt mines like your church you know where you would go in there and you would find tons of salt you know where you just pull that out and and, uh, leave it out into the earth and so salt usually is 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 developed through the evaporation of water and what remains is is the salt that's crystallized we know salt is essential for animal life so we are essential to the lives of other animals especially humans we are necessary for them to live a decent life saltiness is a basic human taste in other words everybody has a taste for it even your little sinner friends that you know think they, they hate you ah, I'll wait until later I don't want to I don't want to change now you know all that kind of stuff they still have a taste for it that's why they keep talking to you that's why they're still your friend that's why you know even when when you they don't want to be around you they'll think about you know if they need something then well maybe so and so could help me with you know what I'm saying you'll come there's a taste there they always have a taste for what it is that God has put in his people anything without salt is tasteless this world would be very tasteless we the sinners wouldn't want to live here you know why because they're enemies of each other if you took all the Christians away they just have at each other nonstop. so we stop a lot of the the onslaught and the, the detrimental see the end of their life is destruction anyway so we put off the destruction of the earth by how we live for God how we how we uh, witness and all that kind of stuff in Job 6 6 it says is there any taste in the white of an egg amen and you know when you think about and you know you think about all these things where now with with all of the the food scares and all that you know they i'll have the egg white omelet why just skip it what just shoot me just kill me why would you that ain't an omelet But you know they'd rather punish themselves by eating tasteless food than to repent and come to Christ. See, this is a substitute for. Of course it is. You know that's all it is. The substance of fake holiness, fake purity. They're always trying to go through the Bible, trying to justify being vegetarians. You know, Adam and Eve were vegetarians. Yeah, when they were perfect. After they sinned, they ate a lot of meat. And we still do. <laughs> All right. So the word for salt, the Hebrew word for salt, actually means to rub together and pulverize. It means to rub with salt also. But it means to rub together and pulverize. Like the action that you would take to make salt, put it in a form where you can use it so we actually have been pulverized folks we've been put through our paces and made palatable for the earth when you're born again you've been you pressed down shaken together and all kinds of things so that your saltiness can be made available to more people the more people God prepares you for I think the more pulverized you get 
Because you have to be a disciplined person to be able to to face a lot of things, you know. I mean, when when God calls you to to lead people or pastor them and all that kind of stuff, you've been through some paces. You know what I'm saying? People may think you haven't, but you have, and so you pass God's test, and so you you've been made fit for that job. In Judges four five, we see the. Let me see. What did I have? Let me go to Judges 4 or 5 and see what I meant. Um, I think it's the one of. Let me go to 2 Kings. I'm sorry. Let's let's go 2 Kings chapter. 2 Kings chapter 2. And we'll see the healing properties of salt. You know, I mentioned that we bring healing, but we want to see. Elisha purifies a spring. Now we know Moses did it with a branch. Just so you don't think you're God, he'll do it a different way the next time. You got me? Until he makes a statute and an ordinance. But he says here in the men of the city, verse 9, the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation in the city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is, is bitter or not, and the ground is barren. Yeah, Second Kings. What did I say? Second? Yeah, Second Kings. Two. Am I not where I'm supposed to be? Yeah, this is the one I want. Second Kings two, verse nineteen. He says this water is bitter, and even the ground is barren. Now, let me just tell you, and I'll get to this next, that barren ground sometimes was the uh, was the result of too much salt. Because many times they would curse the ground. Say, for instance, if if you went into a town and you conquered that city, and you would curse the ground by sprinkling salt on it so that no plants could grow there. When salt is present, why? Because it sucks all the moisture out of the earth so the plants can't live because they can't get water. And so that was in fact, I was going to, the next one in Judges 9 is about Abimelech who did that to the earth of Shechem when he was, was there. God told him to curse that ground and he sprinkled salt over that ground so nothing else would grow. So if anybody lived there, they would starve to death. And so this is sometimes... In, in here in Second in Kings, you'll see there is, he says, and the ground is barren. There's no water and the ground is barren. So that is an indicator that there's too much salt in the ground. And he said, bring me a new cruise. And he put salt in it. And they brought it to him. And he went to the spring of the water and threw the salt in there. And the water was purified. What sometimes can be too much if God uses it, he can use it to the opposite effect of what it would have in the natural. For instance, if we're the salt of the earth, when we say to a person, you need to confess your sins, the minute you tell a sinner that, they what we think is going to win them over, like, 
covering it up and telling them they're okay and telling them God loves them just like they are and they don't have to repent and all that kind of stuff. Leave them in that condition. If you pour more on sometimes and cause that thing to burst open, they'll receive the word and repent. So the same word that you think is causing them trouble, if it's given with the right spirit and the right intent, it can reverse that process that they're in. So here we see an indication in the natural that there's too much salt in that water. And the prophet takes more salt and throws it in there and the water is purified and the ground begins to produce. And so it says he went forth to the spring of the waters, cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be any more death or barren land. So God uses the same thing that was a culprit, turns it around and causes it to bring healing. I don't know about you, but I know about me. God put his spirit in me and and caused me to be a healer instead of somebody who brought trouble to people all their lives. So God can reverse whatever it is in life that is causing people difficulty and causing them trouble. Just need to go to him and find out what that, that cure for it would be. So let me see. We saw that numbers. Where am I now? I think I've covered everything. Okay, so we've we've covered pretty much. I I had so many notes here, and I kept jotting things down. You know, sometimes you do that, and you just jot all over the place. So I'm trying to make sure all my jotting, my jotting is making sense and tying it all up now. So in the if we go back to, uh, where's our scripture? We started with Matthew five. I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew chapter five. Matthew and verse 13 so we talked about what salt is we just covered the first part of that scripture he says if it's lost its savor or lost its saltiness what are we going to use for salt so salt isn't salt anymore if Christians don't witness what are we going to do to bring people to the Lord if people don't live for God anymore how are we going to show them the way? How are we going to show them what kind of lifestyle God approves of? How are we going to what's what's going to happen if we're not we're not salty anymore? We all go into compromise. If we all, see, that's why when you see people compromising, some kind of anger should rise up on the inside of you. You know what I'm saying? If if I'm serious, so because if if you don't have something in you that warns you and says, ah, no, that's not right. You know, you want to you want to try to figure out what's going on, and don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and show you the proper attitude, because He wants you to hold on to truth. Because you may be the last man standing. You don't know. You got me. You don't know. And so, you know, like that uh, that pastor that's being held. Is it um, Iran where he's being held, Pastor? Um, yeah. Um, when they show pictures of him, he seems to be content and happy. You know, and the family's concerned. You know, and in 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 you know, if they could get it together and kind of roll with this, there's something that man's doing over there. He's still salt. 
he's still light over there. There's I don't care and, and see this is is this is the Christian's business between him and God. The Bible says God knows how to deliver the righteous out of temptation. He knows how to do that. And we gotta trust God because governments are not gonna do the job that God can do. That's just, just the way it is. I know we don't like to see people persecuted, we don't like to see people in prison, but man, there's been some 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 uh, good things that have come out of getting the salt where it needs to be. You see what I'm saying? It needs to be over there. It needs to be over there. And so if this man can be content and he can trust God through it, God will get him through it. He definitely will. There was a, uh, oh geez, who was it? It might have been Bonhoeffer that was imprisoned and they had water dripping down. Down his head, <laughs> and one day he just decided to ask God to turn the, or God told him to talk to the water, turn it to go, tell it go back up there, and it started going back up the other way. You understand me? He knows how to deliver the righteous. He hasn't forgotten that man. He has not forgotten him. He's with him all the time. So you know we're still going to need salt in the earth. I don't care, folks. You know, and what's to become of the earth if we quit preaching the gospel? If we quit taking a stand, I don't care who, how big a name a minister is, when they start preaching New Age stuff and liberal and start marrying homosexuals, you just go the other way. Say, no God, that's not right. I'm moving the other way. We're not going to support that anymore. Well, I don't care. I loved them at one time. I still love them, but I'm not sending them my money. I'm not giving them my time. Nah, yeah. You got to do that. It's part of our testing to see how strong we'll stay and what God wants us to do. But but that word uh, it says. But if salt have lost its savor, that word uh, uh, for lost its savor uh, in the Greek. Uh, where did I put my little word? At? It's got to be on one of these two pages. Hang on, hang on, on. Oh, I put it over here. Uh, Morianus. From the the root of it is moros. Moron. That's where we get the word moron from. So in other words, if a Christian is turned into a moron. (laughs) It's true. That's what it is in my Greek. But I was shocked. I said, I'm going to look this thing up. Well, I look up everything, but you know, just to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. But it means to become foolish. It means to just to stop living and trusting in truth. To become a jester. Isn't that what sometimes people you see? Sometimes people used to have word, and I, I'm I'm for laughing at a lot of stuff. But when you got more jokes and you got word, and you got more, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you you're you're into to going off the deep end there. You're losing your salt, losing your salt, you're losing your salt. So when you start doing that, you gotta, you know, you get around sinners and you want to laugh all the time and not be serious and, you know, they don't know they can come to you when they got trouble. Got me? I'm not saying be a deadbeat, but there's only so much you can can agree and join in with with the spirit that they carry. You know, you can't join in on everything. So. <clears throat> 
So when we lose our saltiness, he says we're good for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of men. Now there's a uh, um, there was a way they had of preserving uh, wood for flooring. You know, so in in um, ancient days, what they would do if they wouldn't use the same salt as table salt, they would take a salt that wasn't pure. So when when they would do the processing for the salt that you added to your food, it had to be purified down to the point where it was predominantly salt. When it starts out, it's not always pure like that. So it has to be kind of refined and be put through some some different uh, processes to get it down that way. Salt that wasn't totally purified, they would they found that if they would break that up and pulverize it and spread it over wood, they would they could preserve the wood so that when you walked, you were treading it under your feet. And so if we as believers lose our saltiness we're no more good we're impure salt we're only good for somebody using it to step on and and grind it under your feet and they would not ever use nobody ever thought to pick that salt up and try to use it for It's kind of interesting, you know, some of the things that we see happen to people, you know, who step away from the purity of the gospel. You know, they they start to scrounge around for a ministry. They'll go, first thing it seems they want to do is go minister to homosexuals. I don't know why. But then they want to boast about how much they love these people and how much they help these people. All this kind of, come on folks. Come on now. We don't, you don't have a specialty ministry. The Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You be careful when you start getting a specialty ministry. You got me? Be careful when you can only relate to certain kinds of people. You mean to tell me if I'm not gay you walk, and I need Christ you walk past me and go to somebody. You understand me? Let's not get stupid here folks. In Luke 17 Jesus talks about. And your pity isn't helping them anyway. The liberal people still can't get them to heaven. So what's this all for if you're not going to get people saved? In Luke 17. Talk about losing your saltiness. It says for as the lightning 24 that lights out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven so shall the son of man be in his day he's talking about when his is his second coming verse 26 says as it was in the day of, of Noah so it it will be in the days of the son of man they did eat they drank they married wives they was gay they did what they wanted to do married given in marriage in other words they went about their normal routine and never a thought about God Until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed everybody. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, bought and sold, planted, built it. 
But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed all of them. Even thus it shall be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So in other words, Jesus is saying continue being salt. Don't ever lose your saltiness. Don't ever step away from your... I don't care how boring it gets getting up every morning reading your word. and do, I don't care. Be bored. But don't be lost. Amen. As there's some things that's, that's worse than being bored. Being lost is one of them. He says in that day he which shall be on the housetop. And the stuff in the house, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down. In other words, if 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 the day of the Lord uh, hastens, don't be running back trying to get something that is of this earth. In other words, get yourself focused. If you never got yourself focused on heavenly things and spiritual things, now's the time to do it. Don't be worried about anything. And he says, don't come down, down to take it away. And he that's in the field, likewise, don't let him return back. Remember Lot's wife. In Genesis 19, 20, 29, Lot's wife was being rescued from a sinful town and being rescued from her own desire to sin. She was being rescued by God and being led out of that town. Genesis 19 and verse 29. It came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot over in the midst of the overthrow. Wait a minute. Ah, up here. Sorry about that. And verse 20. Three. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor, and the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. He overthrew those cities and all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Jesus says, remember her. Remember Lot's wife. Huh? remember Lot's wife now it's interesting you know homosexual people try to make you feel bad because they say you single us out what about fornication what about that what about homosexuality huh what about fornication yeah what about it we'll talk about all of them but what about what you do that's sin the fornicator still has to repent to receive God we're all on the level playing field. No, no flesh is no sin is going to dwell in His presence. But it's interesting. Jesus tells us to remember her when He warns us about the the time of His return. He didn't say remember anybody but her. You understand what I'm saying? There's a, a specific warning there that Christians now are being intimidated into not heeding. Huh? She was turned into a pillar of salt, which means she could have escaped and and become the salt of the earth just like her husband was an example for God. He was an example. Lot was a righteous man. 
He, he proved that by letting himself be led out of that sinful town. He never yielded to that. He tried to protect the angels from that. He knew it was wrong. He took a stand and he used, did everything he could to maintain his own righteousness. He even wanted to lead his whole family out. And when the, it came for a time for the wife to make a decision in her heart she longed for sin all the more and turned around and became a pillar of salt. Which God is saying I had big plans for her. I had plans for her to prosper and not fail. I had plans for her. She had salt in her but refused to use it. She let these people. She was in a house. Her husband was a righteous man living with Abraham all those years. They were taught in the ways of God. And turned their back on it because of the atmosphere in which they lived. Because of intimidation by sinful people around them. Because of a lifestyle that they knew was wrong but succumbed to it. Curiosity. Yeah, you know what? That's not so bad. I mean, so and so down the street is nice. You got me? That's how it starts. That's what he means when he says, remember Lot's wife. The lesbian, remember her? Her. Her heart longed for that. You have to be careful what your heart longs for as a believer. The Bible says guard it with all diligence. Because out of it will issue forth what you really crave and what your life is all about. It issues forth out of that. And that's what hers issued forth in. She sought to save her life instead of losing it. And in that instant she was left behind. And this is an indication of how strongly God feels that we keep our witness and our covenant of salt with him. We are his covenant of salt in the earth now. Staying faithful to the end. That's what this is about. It's not about how you start out. You can start out like a house on fire and, and run out like a rabbit from the starting gate. But you start out, if you start out strong you need to finish strong. Don't finish weak. Don't let yourself get intimidated. You're not the head of the church. God has a plan for all sinners to be saved. He's in we are it. Go preach the gospel to every creature. Don't let a group of people who are sinners bug you because you think they're not being saved or you think the church quit reading that garbage that maligns the church and make God's got a lot of people everywhere folks there are people being saved left and right and God doesn't care what kind of sin they're in he wants them all saved and he'll give people a word for them if that those people will desire to share Christ with people you don't pray and say God just let the homosexuals get prayed you pray and ask God to open the door for you to share Christ with whoever it is let's get out of the specialty life we're living in it because it'll condemn you if you start singling out and showing partiality with God's gospel you'll find yourself being ineffective for anybody get your house get your neighbor get whomever But ask God to put the word of life in your mouth so you can share that word of life with whoever needs that word. You know we need to to get real here. Understand that you know you'll either be a doer of the word or a judge. And many people are critics and judges and don't know it. 
You understand? They think they're doing the work. They think they're doing good. But they're sitting back observing and making decisions in their head and judgments about who should be doing what and who should be doing it. You just take care of your own little self. I don't know about you, but when I read my Bible, it speaks to me about me. It don't speak to me about the body of Christ in general and Christians in general. It speaks to me about me. And I grab that word for what I need. And if God tells me to share it with somebody, then I share it with somebody. If if he doesn't, I don't. And I'm very satisfied with that. I want to do more for God just like everybody else does. But it's got to come from him. It's got to be pure and it's got to be genuine. And it's got to hit that target. When you salt, when salt is poured, it's, it's poured to savor something. To, to change the life. Preserve the life. Make that person's life more, more enjoyable even for themselves. It's there. It's, we are here to do these things for God. If we'll let God just sprinkle us like he wants to. Don't take a lot of salt to do the job. You understand what I'm saying? Pure salt, it doesn't take a lot to do the job. Bible says let our words be few. You know, we don't need a lot of words to, to make a change in people. But when you when you know you have a harvest field, you work your harvest field, folks. When you know you're a laborer, you work where you're positioned to work. And let God be glorified in what you do. But don't look back and don't try to preserve your life and don't be grabby for the things of this world. You'll be content with where God has you. You'll always be able to come through for him. And that's what we want. We want to be successful in God. What he's called us to do. Amen. We're the salt. We're salt. The most valuable, the highest, and the, the best of humanity. Noble. We're good people. We're good people. So don't let the devil steal that from you. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. It comes with your word, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We lift you up. You're worthy to be praised and adored. And we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen.